All right, so I have been wanting to have a conversation about race for quite some time. Um, and then the Black Lives Matter movement happened. Um, and we've seen protests on the streets. We've seen a lot of talk in newspapers. It's been happening all over the world. And there's one way of looking at it, like this is a, a protest, a new protest. Or there's another way of looking at it, which is this is the culmination of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of oppression of a group of people essentially based on the colour of their skin. And the problem is society has been designed for people who look like me. And that is a problem because basically our education systems, our culture, our society are intrinsically biased which means that I've been brought up by a bias system, so I'm going to have biases programmed within me. Is it safe to say, because of all this, I am racist? And that's the conversation I've been trying to have, but I've been a little bit scared of it. Call it white fragility, if you like. Call it, um, uh, you know, I don't want to be a white saviour. I don't feel educated or experienced enough or have enough of a perspective on this. To navigate these kind of conversations so I've kind of avoided it in the past but I thought it was about time to try and kind of toughen up and have those conversations. So I reached out to uh, Michael Ernest Noir. He is uh, a meditation teacher, he is a yoga teacher and he's also black which gives him a perspective I could never have uh, because of my middle-class male white um, upbringing. So we, we had this kind of conversation, uh, it was rambling, I'm not very good at structuring these interviews, and I hope I did a good job of trying to understand how we start to address our racism, and also how we need to let go of this whole idea that we're not racist. You know, because just because we're not out there spewing hate on the streets doesn't mean that we don't have this kind of programming that's been given to us from very soon after birth by the society that we live up we live in and we can start to recognize this prejudice by the way we feel in certain different circumstances but also i wanted to talk about how we know if we're being prejudiced if we know if we're we're you know showing these microaggressions that um, we may not kind of be conscious of but we are in fact um, displaying and reinforcing these negative kind of situations on other people um, so yeah, so there we go. It's a very interesting conversation and it uh, really focuses on if we want change in the world, we have to look for change in ourselves first. Um, I hope you enjoy this. I'd like to carry on this conversation. So if you know anyone who would like to have um, a conversation about this and maybe help me understand better uh, someone else's perspective on this issue, then let's, you know, let's talk, get in touch. Similarly, if there were any questions that I needed to ask that I didn't, because this is new territory for me in terms of having these kind of interviews, let me know, let me know. Um, I think it's really important that we start to have these conversations from every perspective. Um, and also there's a certain element here of introspection. It's very important that we look within ourselves and find out where our biases lie that we might not even be aware of um, because of where we live, who we are, what our upbringing was, you know, it's all very well saying, getting out on the street and saying Black Lives Matter and I'm an ally. But unless we kind of really examine ourselves thoroughly, then we're not going to know for sure. 
All right, so this is uh, my conversation with Michael Ernest Noir. I hope you get something out of this. I did, um, and I want to continue this on afterwards as well. So you can find uh, Michael on Instagram. He is uh, M-I-C-E-R-N-E-S-T. So that's Mike Ernest. Uh, that's his Instagram handle. And that's the best place to find out more information about him, his uh, teaching schedules, uh, where to... Um, find his meditations and that sort of thing. So check him out and um, enjoy this conversation. All right, thanks a lot. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk to me today because um, you're in the kind of spiritual growth space. You're a, yogi, a yoga teacher um, and you're a meditation teacher. And... Um, but you're also black in a very white space in a time when, you know, um, I think the differences between uh, white people and black people are probably more political than ever, more kind of, you know, the, the kind of um, unspoken, um, polite conversations that have been kind of going on for so long are now kind of, being smashed apart really by what we're seeing in the streets and and people like me are having to face up to hundreds and hundreds of years of um, oppression um, against people who don't look like us you know so I wanted to have a conversation with first of all how what's it like being a person of color in the kind of spiritual growth space and how can someone like me become an ally and become part of the the solution rather than the problem when I've grown up with privilege in a racist society, essentially, with racist institutions. I'm probably not even aware of my own racism as a result of that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, how how can we, how can someone like me help uh, people of colour? Okay, um, thank you so much, Chris, for bringing me on and for... Um you know, sharing your platform with me uh, for just talking about this because a lot of people would rather ignore it or would rather pretend it's not going on. Um, so I'm grateful to people like you that are using your platform to talk about these things. Um, so thank you for having me. Um, I think the, your first question, your first question was, uh, towards the angle of um, how I see myself in this space, in the you know wellness and spiritual space, how I see myself as a black person in this space. Um, <clears throat> I, I mean, when I started my journey, when I started my journey, has been one of um, growth and of change. When I started my journey, um, I didn't start my journey thinking, oh, I'm black. Yeah. Um, I didn't start my journey thinking, oh, there would be limitations or, oh, um, black people will not be represented in this space. Uh, I just started my journey as innocent as, you know, any other person would. And um, as, the, as, the, as I continued on my journey, um, certain things um, started becoming apparent to me that um, this space is not all that I thought it would be. Yeah. That is 
pretty much the same as um, all the other species, um, despite the love and light and despite the namastes and, you know, and despite the yogas and meditations that this space is a mirror reflection of the society out there. And um, so then it started to bother me. For, for the longest time, I did not say anything about it. I did not, you know, speak up about it or I did not, um, like many would say, call people out or call situations out for the longest time and um, for me, I, I, I wanted to approach it. I think my very last ordeal was with a yoga studio and a particular yoga teacher that said something along the lines of life is passing you by um, because of, um, there was, it was so messy. I don't even want to go into it, but it was so messy that I wasn't treated the same way that the white uh, teachers were treated. Um, and, you know, I was spoken to in a kind of way, and I even have, you know, text that said something like, life is passing you by. And for me, I, at that point, I was super upset because I just felt like this microaggression was too much because I had endured for a while. And um, I was super upset and I wanted to address this. I wanted to talk about this, but I wasn't... I also held my peace because I wanted to come from it at a, from a position of power, from a position of kindness, from a position of love. I wanted to approach it. Yes, you've said this terrible thing to me. You've used your, you've discriminated against me, but I'm still going to approach you from a certain place. I'm still going to approach you from this space. This, this was all before uh, what went down a month ago. Yeah. Uh, Judge Floyd and all of that. This was all before then. And I started talking about these things. Um, uh, and I started talking about how things like yoga and meditation and how that space was and how it was all showing up uh, in, you know, everyday practice and everyday scenarios. And, um, and as it would... Uh, we all know what went down uh, in America a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's something that has always been ongoing, but this time it spiraled out of control and, you know, and uh, black people just said enough is enough. And um, all what went down, the protest to, you know, really bring in the discourse of systematic racism and institutionalized racism to the forefront and really breaking it down. Um, some would argue that this is the first time that they are realizing that this it's this bad, but we've been saying this thing for the longest time and no one has been listening. Almost like what I've been saying in the wellness space or what some of us have been saying in the wellness space, we are not represented, we are not included. We have big brands that we consume, that you know we engage with that do not show black people and do not represent black people, do not amplify black voices. So we've been talking about this, but I just feel blessed or grateful that at this time and this point in time, that people are now beginning to pay attention because of all that's going on. Um, yeah, sorry, you wanted to say something? Sorry, go on. Okay, okay. So, um, <clears throat> and 
based on that, um, based on the fact that uh, people are, you know, starting to pay more attention, people are people have decided to be a lot more conscious to say, wait, all of this actually does make sense. Okay, how do I check my privileges and all of that? And black people just saying enough is enough. Um, I feel like we've gotten to that point where um, at some point I just felt like I, I was seeing a lot of performative uh, allyship allyship and you know i stand with you i support black people black lives matter that were pretty very pretentious because it's beyond words when we talk about um, i'm getting to the second part of your question now yeah. when we talk about it's like yeah when we talk about things like um allyship and you know um supporting black people and all of that there is there, there are so many layers to it and there are so many misconceptions. Yes, I'm of the school of thought that every little bit counts, almost like the same way I feel about climate change, that you might not, you are reducing the amount of waste that you consume or you reducing the amount of stuff that you buy um, might seem so minute on the grand scheme of things, but I really genuinely believe that every little bit counts. <clears throat> and that's the same thing that I feel about this. Um, in as much as every little bit counts, um, a lot of times um, since all of this started, I've seen so many people, um, you know, are just doing, just saying these things and, you know, putting up this post and being a particular way just because it is the trend, just because everybody is now saying, you know what, enough is enough, just because um, people have been forced to listen. Yeah. And, and, and that's not sustainable. I think the, that's not sustainable because if you only put up, if you're a big brand, for instance, there are so many big yoga brands or, you know, wellness brands that said, oh, in solidarity, we stand with you and all of that. An example would be, and I'm not afraid to call their names, I hope that's okay, would be Yoga Journal. Mm -hmm. Yoga Journal did discriminated against uh, Nicole. There is a lady called Nicole, a yogi called Nicole. They pitted a picture against um, someone and said um, something along the lines of, who would you like to see on the cover? So they pitted a black lady against the white lady and the white lady won. And now that there is so much crisis, they wrote the black lady to say, oh, can we use your picture to shine light on this matter? And she's like, no, this is what went down. And now, I know for a fact that they've also reached out to a couple of other people to do um, stuff with them, but just doing that and saying these things on the surface does not um, dismantle the system. Yeah. It's almost like putting a band-aid on something that needs surgery. So it does not dismantle the system, but there are ways that people can, um, can look into this, can attack this, or can dismantle the system that is sustainable. So my own, from where I stand, every little bit counts, but let's try and make it sustainable. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really hard, isn't it? Because we've seen protests on the streets before, after the, the Mark Duggan shooting, there were the, the Croydon protests. You know, we've seen the riots in the past, and it kind of, it flares up and it goes away. And it's, it's like, fine, protests are one thing, 
but how do you keep that mo that momentum going how do you keep mm. reminding people not to fall back into the old patterns of the system or the, even their own thinking you know how do you how do you keep it front of mind without it becoming you know people always talk about playing the race card how do you how do you kind of keep it front of mind without it becoming this kind of race card thing and actually make it a a kind of issue that needs to be you know like like the environment you know the environment has been front of mind for a long long time how do you keep um kind of equality uh, front of mind as well how, how do you make it sustainable hmm. i think um the intention it's also about the intention if you um the intention behind supporting black people or behind uh, being an ally um the intention really matters if it's about you if it's about you looking good if it's centering on you or your brand or your organization then that's not going to cut it that's not going to work because it's still going to be on the surface so the intention needs to be sincere you need to literally really be sincere to say you know what this organization or i am or this system has really uh, done a disservice to people of color and these are things i'm going to change abc in my everyday life i'm going to change the policy of this company in abc ways i'm going to um create opportunities in abc ways i don't know if you get what i mean yeah, so yeah. it's beyond it's beyond just one campaign it's beyond our uh, one post it's beyond it's something that you need to people need to consciously wake up and say you know what today this is what i'm going to do i'm going to be I'm going to be this kind of person. I'm going to, if I see this thing, I'm going to speak up against it. If I see any form of discrimination, if I, even when it favors me, because a lot of people will not want to speak against something if it's going to favor them. Yesterday I was having a conversation with a friend and he was talking about um, the recruitment system that just based off the recruitment system of some companies, they pick universities or schools are, are of a particular pedigree. And then these schools are mostly white schools that black people cannot either afford or cannot even get into. Or even if they get into, it would be a token black person to be one, just to make it to in front of the pressure or something. So when there are policies like that, that automatically discriminates against the black person, and then you are in a position of changing that, and then you put up a social media post, and then you don't change the actual thing, that, then that's where the problem is. So I think the first thing would be intention. The intention needs to seek genuine change. Um, then the second thing is, you, no, I'm going to reel that back. I think the very first thing is, I would say self-assessment, because from self-assessment and introspection, you get to know what your intention is. You get to understand where every other person is coming from and how you can come in. That's, I think that's the first thing. And then the second thing would be, you know, you educate yourself further, you know, understand 
the history, understand the culture, understand the nuances, understand where the problem is. Because if you do not understand where the problem is on a fuller spectrum, or if you're in a position of authority, or if you're a decision maker, if you do not understand how it has infected the system, it might be difficult for you to even implement the changes. So you need to first understand, you need to first educate yourself on how this thing enters into, let's say, for instance, the wellness space. So um, understand, educate yourself, understand, and then transform words into action. If you feel like you've come to the space or you've come to the time and place where you want to effect change, transform words into action. Think of how do I implement this? How do I create more, uh, more representation? How do I create opportunities for inclusiveness? Where, in what areas have I, um, have I become exclusive that certain people are discriminated against, whether it directly or indirectly? So when you look at all of that, you can now map out opportunities or map out ways that you can come in, like sustainable ways that you can come in that goes beyond the surface uh, social media posts. And I said this um, to a friend that uh, you might not be able to, you might not know how to do all of this. There are some people that their strength is not in strategy or planning or their strength is in implementing. So you know where your strengths are and you know as, a, as an individual what you need or the people that you need to bring on board to help you achieve this. You know what you need. So you, I, there, there are ways around it. Um, then um, you implement, you do your part. Every little bit counts. You do your part to change your small corner of the world, your small office, your small business, your small space. You do your, your family, because even in the family unit, what you tell your children, how you, you know, what you teach your children, they pass it on, they grow up, they socialize into it. So, it, so no matter how small and no matter the areas that you want to look into to create that change, to be a part of the solution, then the intention needs to be right. You need to educate yourself that way you understand. And then you need to transform your words into action. And in the middle of all of this, it should not be pretentious. You should actually take out time to do the work. I think it requires work. It's not, it's not going to be easy. I think it does require work. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's tricky. I mean, um, there are a lot of people who, you talk about introspection. There's this, this whole kind of concept yeah. of being the change you want to see in the world, you know? And so mm -hmm. we have to, have to look inside us first and say, okay, where am I, you know, being a racist? Where am I using microaggression to exclude other people from activity mm -hmm. conversations? Mm -hmm. And I mean, there are certain areas where perhaps because of my, my history and my upbringing and my background, mm -hmm. I may not mm -hmm. even be aware that I'm doing these things. And that's, that's quite difficult. I, I, I work on, um, in my day job, I work in magazines. And um, I was looking at a spread on a, a magazine and it was, it was for a construction of a new factory. And there were all the executives from this company and they were, um, they would dig in the, they call it breaking ground. So you're digging the first uh, hole before mm. they build yeah. it. 
and my wife looked over my shoulder and she said that's a that's not a very diverse photograph and I looked at it again and it was just a row of white men no, no women just you know about 15 white men all in a row and I hadn't mm-hmm. noticed I hadn't even the thought it hadn't even crossed my mind and I was like actually that's so telling of of okay the the system that we work in but it's also very telling about the world that I occupy the mentally and spiritually I kind of go around in this happy bubble all the time mm-hmm. and I, I don't even I'm kind of blind to what's going on I, you know I have with the mm-hmm. best intentions I want to try and kind of be a, a decent person and, and do right by mm-hmm. nobody else but the level of kind of reprogramming required is quite quite mm-hmm. dramatic isn't it I mean and, and there has to be a willingness as well doesn't there because there are a lot of people out there who yeah things like I'm not racist, but, and it, you know, how do you get past those people who think they aren't racist and, you know, connect to them to start that kind of process of introversion? Um, so I think for, for I think there should be like a willingness for, for, for change or for you to, um, there should be just be that general willingness to be human. Yeah. If people are saying we are not treated the same way or we are being discriminated against, it doesn't mean that they are all crazy. You should actually take a step back and say, okay, what are they talking about? Is this for real? Okay, let me educate myself and step outside of myself and really see what these people are talking about. Yes, you might not directly say, I don't like black people, I don't like black people, or that the racism now is, it's beyond your everyday interaction with someone, or if you you have a black friend, or if you've had meals with black people. I was in a debate, uh, a bit of a back and forth on Instagram, and someone was telling me some um, white guy was telling me um, that what am I talking about? Because okay, I think one of the things that I did was uh, there was the Blackout Tuesday, and during the Blackout Tuesday, I saw a lot of brands come to do this performative, um, you know, a lot of wellness brands to do this. Oh, I stand with you, and a, a very quick scroll through their Instagram page. You would go, I would go three to five swipes and I would not see any black person. And these this were all brands that either have bought their um, products or have engaged with them or something. And I am a black person. So, and then I go through your page and I don't see any person that looks like me. And I have engaged with you, your brand. I like your content. I view your... So then you come and say you stand with me. Where is the representation? Where is the inclusiveness? So one of the things that I did was to, you know, comment, uh, not to stir up anything, but just to tell them that you need to transform your words into action. And one, some guy came and then he was going back and forth and then he throughout to me that he has had meals with you know black people in Africa and I just felt like that was the most ignorant thing ever because you could have black friends you could have you could you could be married to a black person and you could still be racist 
it does not it it transcends you just saying oh i don't like black people or this is what I it it seeps into like your biases. It seeps into the systems that you benefit from, and other people are being oppressed by. So it goes beyond the surface. And I think the first thing would just be the willingness to say, you know what, these people are not crazy. There are millions of people all over the world, and they are saying this. And the mere fact that you understand their issue. So why would you, why do you think that they will be talking about the race card, pulling the race card? Even the most richest of them are complaining about the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Even the most well-to-do, even the ones that, you know, they would never seek money for the, the next five generations are talking about the same thing. So, and even the most brilliant of them all, they are saying the, most, the same thing. So if you would, if you, and even the white allies are also saying the same thing, that this system is not the best. So if you've gotten to that point where you think like every other person doesn't, they're all crazy, that there is no need for you to check that is beyond the surface, because now the conversation is that it's not just about you saying, oh, I have black friends or oh, I like black people. It's also the systems that you are, be, you are benefiting from. It's also all of those things that previously you, you might not even have noticed, or you might not, you, you, would, you wouldn't even know. It's like the old scenario of you going out for a run. So imagine a mother, every time the son wants to go out for a run or every time the son is coming back home from maybe a basketball game or something, that she's, she's scared, okay, will he come back in one piece? So imagine going through that. You, you, some people don't, can't even wrap their minds around that. Yeah. But that's someone's everyday life and it's not anything that they've done. So just understanding i think they they should be a zeal to understand um each other to understand where the other person's pain is coming from and how you can help because if you take it at, at face value that means you are centering yourself you're trying to say oh i'm not racist meanwhile it's beyond just that we're talking about the systems now we're talking about ways that you know black people have been hindered so if you go beyond that, if you go beyond saying, oh, I'm a yoga teacher, I teach everybody. And then you forget that your yoga studio is in a, a, particular, is in a particular neighborhood. You forget that your practice uh, it does not represent those kind of black people. Maybe if they come, they feel uncomfortable. Or maybe they cannot even afford it. You forget about all those other things. And you also forget that this practice or some of this uh, wellness uh, spirituality comes from a completely different culture. Comes from a completely different culture. You don't even acknowledge the culture. You take their symbols, you take their signs, you take their chants, you monetize it, and you do not even acknowledge it. You do not give back to those, that community, that culture. So you've pretty much colonized their, their entire practice and what is true to them. So there are so many ways that it shows up and if people get defensive without trying to understand and without trying to listen, that's where the problem is. But 
to those kind of people, what I, I, I really do not know what to say to them. Because if all of this has been said, if people are on the streets and you do not want to take a second to pause, to reflect, it doesn't take anything from you to just sit down and say, okay, what are they talking about? How does this show up in my life? Uh, for those people, I, honestly, I don't know what, to, I, what I would tell them. But for people that are willing to take out time to say, um, how does my bias show up? Or in what ways am I benefiting? And how can I help with the system? Then those are the people that I'm actually interested in having a conversation with. Because... It's difficult yeah. because you have like you have the government who essentially or essentially yeah. to us that Britain mm. is not a racist country. Mm. We know it is. We know that like Britain is built on the profits of um, slave trading. Yeah. You pretty much yeah. every, every high street shop or every high street organization through who you bank with, who you you know who you who the you know even if you you shop so conscientiously. Somewhere along mm. that, that you know, our, our mobile phones have got yeah. elements in them that have been, you know, um, extracted from mines in some far off land that we don't know anything about, and that kind of keeps us keeps us nice and sanitized from it. But you know, there is child labor, there is slave labor. We yeah, are here in the West, basically profiting from the the labor of people hundreds of years ago, even carrying on today. To pretend or to say that this is not a real problem or to be ignorant to it, you have to be willfully ignorant to it, don't you? Yep, at this point. And that's, what's, that's what stuns me. I mean, it's when people sort of get up and say they've, they've heard enough of this and this and it's outrageous that people are protesting on the streets. It's like, do you not, you must know that you're, you're turning a blind eye to, you know, the, mm -hmm. the systemic ra racism in our, in our education system, in our... In, in just the way our society is, is built in the first place. Mm -hmm. it's, it's really hard. I mean, like you said, it's, it's, I suppose it's going to be nearly impossible to get the, the message across to people who aren't prepared to listen. But, you know, we, yeah. have, to, we have to look inside ourselves, I guess. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, there is, no, there is nothing that stops me or that stops people from still planting the seed. Yeah. But I wouldn't hold my breath. Of course, if I encounter someone like that, I would try to, you know, educate them to the best of my ability. But I wouldn't hold my breath because some people only listen to respond. They don't listen to digest or introspect or understand. Um, so I will still plant the seed. I will still say these are ways that um, racism shows up a, B, C, D, E, F. And yeah. if you do not see any link or any connection still, and if you still feel like, oh, enough is enough, you, you people move on. It's okay, you've ranted for how many weeks now? Now move on. It, it's not so clear cut for a black person because what are we, we're moving back into what's been there for centuries. Yeah. And so, yeah. But I do believe that for people that are open to listening, for people that are open to, you know, creating the change, there are so many ways that people can support. There are so many ways. Um, just sitting down to say, how do I, um, how do I, the same way that um, 
people that are environmentally conscious are, are the same way, the same things that they do, they sit down, they look at the system, they are like, okay, which corporations are contributing to the pollution of the environment? Okay, I'm not going to consume this, I'm not going to buy anything from this. Is this organic? Is this uh, biodegradable? Um, this plastic, if I cannot recycle it or if I cannot reuse it, then I'm not going to consume it. I'm not going to eat meat. So it's a conscious effort because the system is there. The system is, to, is, a, is one that will destroy the planet if we are all nonchalant about it. So that's the same thing with this racism thing. So you need to actually sit down and say, in what ways can I bring forth that change? What am I going to cut off? What am I going to support black businesses if you want to amplify black voices or if you want to, you know, um, uh, represent and include black voices? Let's say, for instance, you're a yoga studio. Don't pay them any less. You need to respect and value their talent as well. Don't pay them lesser than that you would pay the other teachers. And also take into consideration that uh, I hear that in some places in the world or in some yoga studios that you need, you must have thought yoga for a, a, an amount of time before you can teach. If you want to bring in black teachers and you know that they've not had the opportunity that a white teacher would have to teach yoga for a number of years, that, and then you still have a structure like that, you are excluding them yeah. indirectly, you're excluding them. So you need to take all of these different things into consideration. Uh, just make life, the practice and everything equitable. That way everybody benefits from the system. Because if we even talk about equality here, if, even if everything is equal, because right now we, are, we feel like everything is equal, even though it's not, we feel like everything is equal. But even at that, even with equality, you've been given a head start. You have all of this wealth that you've accumulated. So it's more about equity now than equality. But in terms of the way that you treat people on the everyday level, nobody's asking for any special favors in terms of you just being a good human being. Just treat the, the, the black person as the next white person. Yeah. So I think um, just investigating and going through you know, one's practice and one's life there needs to be that zeal and that um, passion for a change before then you can sit down and say, what actions do I need to take? What should I cut off? How can I show up in this area? And what do I need to do? It's a conscious decision. It's not a one-off yeah. because if it's a one-off, then it's not sustainable. How do we, um, you're obviously a yoga teacher and a meditation teacher. How can we yeah. incorporate this into our practice in a way that we can we can use that introspection i mean i use meditation to find a kind of personal peace and contentment but can yes. we can we also use meditation to make us find seek out our biases and you know how can we how can we be better in terms of this this whole argument um through our own personal practice what techniques or approaches can we we use for that Okay, um, so for 
in terms of meditation, because we all know that meditation fosters mindfulness. Um, meditation and mindfulness, they go hand in hand. So mindfulness will bring you to that point where you are aware of the present moment. You're aware of the time and space and everything that is going on. And mindfulness will open up your awareness, your awareness to things. I always tell people this story that when I started meditation and yoga, that my awareness just heightened, it skyrocketed. I could see a plant and I, that I could pass a road that I would pass a million times or I, I passed a million times before without noticing the tree. But we, because of meditation and mindfulness, all of a sudden I'm noticing the trees, I'm noticing the leaves. So it opens up your awareness. So when you meditate, meditation um, creates that you know, mindfulness to the point where your awareness is a lot more, you become a lot more aware of other people, of other things, um, of animals, of the planet. You just generally become a lot more aware. Um, so if you are mindful and if you are meditating and you are bringing up these inquiries and you're bringing up these questions or these topics or these ideas or these concepts are at the back of your mind, it will pop up every now and then during meditation uh, because meditation is not about uh, not thinking about anything or, you know, making sure that the mind is blank, your mind will drift or your awareness will drift every now and then your thoughts will come and go. It's about once you notice, you let it go, you return to your presence, moment, your practice. And it will come and go, you will notice. And naturally you become the clutter in your, the monkey mind and all of the noise in your head quiets down. It might, you might not notice when you're practicing, it might be after you're practicing, but the practice goes hand in hand with um, just noticing and becoming a lot more aware, a lot more mindful of your environment, of the way you're treating people, of the way others are treating people. Because you also need to come to the place of holding other people accountable, holding your friends accountable. If you see someone being mistreated or if you see a scenario where um, discrimination is coming in or systemic racism is com coming in, you should also be, you know, um, an ally enough to hold another person accountable for their actions, for their misactions. And um, so yes, meditation will pretty much open you up. Um, and I like a particular type of meditation. It's more or less like a grounding uh, meditation where um, I use a journal. Um, I use a journal and I start out my practice with certain questions. You could start out your practice if you want to go into meditation um, um, with less, maybe a truth list. What is true to me? Yeah. You identify everything that is true to you. It could be a million words, it could be three words, it could be one word. You identify that. Um, so I use this uh, method. And then I write, which, um, what positions can I soften on? Let's say I have a stance or a position on a particular thing. Um, what three positions? I always go with three. You can go with more. Can I be a lot more soft on? So things will come up. I will think through. And then I'll look at ways that I can soften my position on those things. And so I do this and I go into meditation. And 
of course, I can ask myself a lot of questions, different questions um, to open me up to see how I'm feeling at a particular point in time. I could write these questions down and I take a pause, I take a moment, I really think through it and write down how I feel about the particular scenario or what the particular scenario, how it shows up in my life. So um, I don't know what personal questions when it comes to uh, systemic racism that you can push out to ask yourself, but I do know that if, um, maybe it's something I should actually work on. <laughs> um, but, but I do know that if you, you can just take a pen and paper and just go through some of the questions or some of the thoughts that are popping up in your mind or that are showing up in your mind and just really sincerely answer those questions. Um, do I care enough? Could even be a question, do I care enough? Could be a question, have I been, have I turned a blind eye in the past? Could be a question. Yeah. Do, so you could, I don't know what questions you, um, one can, but you couldn't do that. And then you go into this meditative state. You don't necessarily need to dwell or focus on your question, on the answers to the questions or your questions. You just go into your practice. And however the practice is structured, and by the time you come out of it, you look at those questions again. You might have different answers. You might have softer positions. But yeah. It's difficult, isn't it? Because, I mean, mindfulness and meditation are supposed to be non-judgmental practices. Yeah. Uh, but racism, even just the word racism, is quite a, it's mm -hmm. such a toxic thing now um, mm -hmm. that it's very hard to admit that, yeah, I might be racist in in mm -hmm. some ways I'm behaving in, in microaggressions yeah. I'm be aware. Yeah. So to let to let go of that that whole kind of this this notion that no, I'm not racist. Just let that go because actually probably somewhere deep down we probably are just not through necessarily any fault of our own. Yeah. Even with yeah. the best intentions. You know, we've mm. been brought up in a white system that is geared towards white mm. class people. And that, yeah, maybe meditation is a great way to check those questions, you know. I mean, you mentioned in one of your Instagram posts, you know, we need to check ourselves constantly yeah. and just sort of say, yeah. oh, are we being authentic and are we being true in our, in our actions here? Or is it about becoming about us, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you're, you're totally right when it comes to meditation. It's a meditation, yoga, mindfulness. It's really non-judgmental. So the aim and the purpose of you asking yourself these questions of, you know, this self-introspection is not so you judge yourself or so you judge other people or even judge the practice. It's just so that you can see the answers or you can uh, notice how you're feeling. It's about noticing like, uh, like as a third party, like an outsider looking in, yeah. just noticing and just noting what you're noticing and um, getting to that place where you are okay with what shows up. You know, you, you, you're comfortable enough to let those things show up because you're not judging yourself or because you're not uh, being too difficult or too hard on yourself. So you are just letting it come up without judgment, without, um, without the force of yeah. shit, why am I like this? Why do I think this way? Or it's really about being honest. 
So I really believe that people that practice meditation, that it might be easier for them to be a lot more honest with themselves because of just how the nature of the practice is. Um, it's going to be a lot more difficult for people that don't practice meditation to actually sit down and honestly answer certain questions about themselves. Yeah, that there was um, a very clever and uh, much wiser person than me said, um, you know, facing things doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be able to change them, but nothing yeah. can be changed until you face them. So yeah. it's, I suppose we need to face up to what in inside us and inside our lives and inside the, the businesses we work with and inside the yeah. that we interact with. Are we really happy or unhappy to be dealing with what what are we turning a blind eye to um you know what what behaviors and and practices do we need to change in ourselves and in in you know the the systems that we interact with daily yeah true that's uh so beautifully said um yeah because it's first about acknowledging those things that those things are there or those feelings or those um uh those systems are there, then you can then look for a change. Because if you don't think that the system is there, then how are you going to change what's not even there? So it's about noticing and first acknowledging that this system is here and that it needs to you know, be looked into, that you need to do your own part. Yes, so I completely agree. So uh, no, I've I've kept you talking for nearly an hour now. So I'll, I'll kind of start to wrap. I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm enjoying this. Okay. Oh, good. <laughs> um, I'm learning a lot. I know, I know. I know. Every now and then, I go on a tangent. I go off, but <laughs> no, it's good. It's, it's very useful for me. Yeah. There's so much that I haven't considered because I just uh, I don't have the perspective or the experience to understand. Um, Yes. Things you know, so it's it's really useful. Um, but also, yeah. it's, I'm, not, I'm not a great interviewer, so it's I'm quite happy when people are quite happy to kind of really get into things and, and carry on with it. So that's really good. I, I couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. There is um, one thing I suppose about meditation and and yoga and this whole notion of self awareness. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I I worry about because I I kind of said to my I looked at my previous podcasts, people I've interviewed, and the, the majority of them are, are white people. Um, I thought to myself, I need to change this. But at the same time, I was thinking, is, does this make me someone who's, you know, what are my, what are my intentions? Does it make me, because I'm ter- terrified of be- becoming a white savior, you know, one of these people who thinks they're out to save everybody. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of frightened of my own white fragility as well. And it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's just, um, how do you know when your intentions, we've talked a lot about kind of, you know, the, the blackout Tuesday and all the companies getting on board with this. Yeah. How do you know when your intentions are authentic as opposed to being, you know, just doing it for kind of PR reasons or to, to look good to your friends or whatever? I think there are a bunch of people that, um, there, are, there are different groups of people. First, there are the people that start out just trying to be white saviors yeah and then there are people that start out for the good reasons and along the way it gets into their head or into their system and they now transition into white saviors 
And then there are people that are, don't get to that point because every now and then they check with themselves, what's my intention here? How is this coming off? How am I showing up in this area or in this scenario? Yeah. Um, it's about constantly checking, with, checking in with yourself to look at what your intentions are, why you're doing what you're doing, and how it is showing up in the world. And if you are using your position or if you are centering yourself, more or less, if it has become about you. Um, I think when, when we want to make change, if I'm talking about the climate change, for instance, or the environment, sorry, I'm an environmentalist, so I always come back to the planet too. If I'm talking about that, it's not about me. It's more about the planet. It's more about humanity and less about me. But when it becomes about you, about you uh, saving the day and you centering yourself, that's when it becomes a problem. So I think what people need to do in this particular scenario is to check with themselves, check in with yourself. Um, I wrote a couple of things down or um, a friend wrote a couple of things down. Um, she shared a couple of ideas which I would like to share. Yeah, um, so when amplifying black voices, check your white savior complex and guilt at the door. So she goes on to say that you need to be true to the intentions behind the walk. And I think that's really key. And then the second thing was do not be lazy. So she said something along the lines of do not be lazy. If you want to create change or if you want to show up for a person, take out time to really know the person in front of you to really understand what this person represents to really let it not just be for show. Okay, the black guy in the back, come to the front, let's take a picture of you. Know the black guy's name, understand his struggles, understand his pain, and really understand who he is as, as a person. Because if you don't, then it's patronizing and insulting, and it does more harm than good. Um, uh, the next thing, I think the next idea was to understand the value of work. I think I've talked about this, which yeah. is if you are meet a black person, the same respect that you would give to a white person's job, give it to that black person. If you pay a white person $50, pay the black person $50. So I think coming at it from that point, and if, um, and there are little microaggressions that I don't even want to go into. And then, of course, do not center yourself. Um, and if you notice that your intentions have derailed, yeah. take a moment and pause. You don't need to come back immediately. You don't need to pretend that your intentions did not derail. You need to take a moment and pause and realign your intentions. Realign with yourself and then come back. It's almost like, you know, a football game. Take a break yeah. and, you know, rehydrate and then come back. Come back when you're, you know what the purpose and what the goal is. You've reminded yourself, you've recommitted to it, and then you know what it is. And, um, and of course, there is the money aspect. So put your money where your mouth is. Support uh, these people, support black businesses and all of that. And then, of course, respect the, uh, the culture, where it is coming from, and respect these people's culture. Yes, we are all the same, when at the end of the day, we are all humans, but 
some people, they, they have an history. There's an entire history of where they are coming from. And for you not to, if you want to, if you respect someone, it's almost like if you respect someone, you will try to understand where they are coming from. You will try to understand their history. And you, especially in the wellness space, um, it's really, I feel like it's on, I don't know the word to use. <clears throat> it's, um, it's disturbing for wellness practitioners or yoga studios or certain teachers to teach in certain environments or to teach in certain countries or to teach in certain regions. And one, they are not um, um, trauma-informed. Yeah. Because if you teach in a previously colonized states, then it's likely that these people might be suffering from some sort of trauma. If you teach in a really, really poor neighborhood, they might be suffering some. If you teach in a neighborhood that is filled with, you know, with uh, uh, crime or with, you know, with uh, violence, they might be prone to certain things. So I think in the wellness space, um, to take it a step further would be for you to be trauma-informed. Yeah. That way you understand when certain people come, you understand how your practice shows up for them. For you to take out time to understand their culture and nuances, just understanding, you know, the way that they think. Something um, because I travel, I, I travel a lot. Uh, something that is so common in certain places. Let's say, like, snapping the finger to draw someone's attention. Yeah. might not be a problem in a particular environment, but in another environment, it might be a problem. And if you are in certain regions or in certain environments, or if you are with black people or with people of color, you should understand um, some of the little things, the nuances, especially if you are a wellness practitioner, you're in the business of wellness, of keeping people together, of, you know, telling everybody we need to keep our shit together. If you are the one that is, you know, convening all of these people, you need to be informed. You need to understand. It's almost like understanding your target audience or your target markets. You don't understand one sec of your target market and then you neglect other ones. You understand all the difference, whether they are in the primary category or in the secondary category. So just taking up time to understand um, and then respecting the cultures where things came from. And, are, you know, yoga, yoga is so appropriated, it's so colonized. Just yoga and meditation itself, respecting the culture, understanding, taking into consideration the history of the people that started this thing, this practice and all of that, and not appropriating a particular practice also goes a long way. So I think there are many ways, many, many ways we could talk about it up until tomorrow. But I feel like for the most part, uh, people that want to create a change, that they will take out time to look at areas in their lives, in their everyday lives, in their practices, in their studios, where they can create this change or where they can plug in these changes in a sustainable way. It's funny, I mean, it's, we, you talk about um, the wellness space, and I know yeah. 
the wellness place is kind of very whitewashed at the moment. Yeah. Which, which is ironic because the whole of meditation and yoga ultimately boils down to taking a moment and listening, you know, listening to yourself, listening to the world, uh, and just taking that yeah. to understand. And so it just seems that this is just a part of that. This is what we need to do for, for ourselves and for each other is just take a pause and listen more than anything else. Put, put all our kind of agendas and our egos aside and just listen yeah. to them, you know, as, as human yeah. beings more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. The core, the core concept of the, of yoga itself is about unity. It's about being united, you know, coming together. So, um, if you even if you if people are serious about this it's pretty much trying to say okay you know what i'm going to practice the all eight limbs of yoga if you practice all eight limbs of yoga you will be kind to animals you will be kind to black people you will speak up when you see injustice being done to animals or being done to black people i don't, I don't know if you get what i mean if you yeah. practice it in the truest form of the practice yeah of course it's not as easy as that for a lot of people it might be challenging um i understand that and i respect that but i'm just saying that if you even say yoga and wellness or meditation what the practice embodies or encapsulates originally without you going too far mm. embodies all of this it captures all of this all what we are talking about, it, they're all interwoven into the practice itself. It's just that for a long time, people have decided what part of the practice to you know, take and what parts to drop. So I think it's just going back to the foundation and just saying, you know what, this yoga, this meditation, what does it really represent? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What, what does it mean, you know, historically, culturally, or otherwise? What does it mean? What does this practice mean to me? Uh, when we say wellness, wellness is a human right. So even if we are not a yogi, yogi or a yoga practitioner or a yoga teacher or a meditation teacher or practitioner, if you are even in the wellness space, wellness is a human right. And if you care about other people's well-being, you will make sure that something like wellness is inclusive, that it includes everybody, that it represents everybody, that everybody is given equal opportunity, that everybody is, you know, given a voice. And of course, you might not be the one that is blocking people or not giving people voices, but they certainly are areas in your small corner that yeah. you can change. Every single human being, it's almost like every single human being contributing to um, reducing their carbon footprint. Every single human being, you can contribute to making sure that the world is a better place. Yeah. And I suppose, I mean, this podcast is very loosely about being better, having better lives. And I guess if we want to be better people, 
then we have to stand up for what's right. We have to call it out when we see it. You know, we don't, don't necessarily have to be out on the streets protesting, yeah. you know, trying to bring down mm-hmm. the government or anything like that. But just about, you know, if we, if we want to be, be better and live better lives, then we have to act better, be better in the way we show up and call out yeah. injustice when we see yeah. it. You know, it's as simple as that. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. Well, I will... I will call it a day there. Thank you so much for that. I've taken up a, a good hour of your time. I really appreciate it. Um, Thank you so much, Chris. Um, I hope I, I made sense out of all of this rambling. Yeah, <laughs> but, no. Uh, yeah. But I'm not very this strong. Any- thoughts, so it's, it's, um, I, I look at your, uh, what is it, your random talking videos on Instagram. And I feel like that's just me all day, every day, just rambling and and talking. But there is a sense in there, definitely. (laughs) We are so much alike. Uh, (laughs) My thoughts sometimes are all over the place. So I like to do those random talking videos where I just, you know, go off. (laughs) I think it's good practice as well. It's good practice to just kind of get your thoughts in order and to, you know, become a speaker, you know, when, when you're in situations like this, to... It'd be very easy yeah. to stumble over your words and, and make a complete mess of it. And I, I think we did relatively well today with our, our conversation. I think we did all right. I hope so. People <laughs> listening, let us know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think there are a lot of questions that I probably could have asked, which didn't ask. So I'm going to ask anyone who's listening to let me know about that, because I'd like to carry this, this kind of conversation on in future podcasts mm-hmm. as well. So. But okay. in the meantime, uh, just before I finish up, um, if people want to find out more about your yoga lessons, your meditation teaching, or just find you in general, where's the best place for them to, to look? Um, I think Instagram would be the best place. Uh, my Instagram name is Mike Ernest. Uh, that's at M-I-C, like a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, and then Ernest, E-R-N-E-S-T. Um, so if they come to my Instagram page, uh, there is a link to all the other things that I've dabbled into. Um, I started this platform called Meditate Africa, so it's a meditation platform for um, people of African descent are within Africa and all over the world. Um, I also noticed that there is a huge gap when it comes to meditation. There is not a lot of uh, representation of black uh, meditation teachers and all of that. So um, I decided to start that platform. That way, um, people that look like me can easily come to the platform. I'm like, okay, this, there are people that look like me that meditate. Um, um, I did this very interesting test a while ago where I just um, randomly asked about 20 people. Uh, when I say the word yoga, what comes to your mind? Or who comes to your mind? the picture of the person that comes to your mind. And they described a particular kind of picture. And um, I didn't do the same with meditation, but I figured meditation would pretty much be the same thing. Um, So that platform is called, the platform for meditation is called meditate.africa. That's also on Instagram. But if you, if anybody comes to visit my page, which is at M-I-C, N-S-E-R, and EST, they can see all the other aspects uh, of my life, I guess. <laughs> Fantastic. And, and yeah. you, so you're also a guest on things like Just Breathe. Um, 
Yes. Yes, so uh, Michael Wong is such an amazing person. It, he is a good friend. Um, I, I did the Just Breathe meditation all of last week. Uh, I anchored the, or I led the meditation practice for all of last week on the platform. And um, I'm presently actually in a Michael Wong teacher training. <laughs> so, so I need to go do my assignments. But yeah, Michael Wong has pretty much been a, an amazing person, an amazing friend. So yeah, I hope to get back on Just Breathe uh, meditation platform to meditate some more. Fantastic. Great stuff. Well, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate your time today. And um, yeah, I think we need to all start from this kind of point of self-awareness and introspection, don't we, in order to kind of be the yes. change that we want to see in the world. So, yes. Yeah, thank yes. you so much. So, yeah. So the summary pretty much is, starts with, you know, self-introspection. Yeah. And from there, uh, you can move to educating yourself or you can educate yourself first and then go into self. However, um, if you want to switch it around, but just educating yourself, that means reading certain books that talks about this thing or this thing, the systemic racism that talks about race. Um, I feel like a lot of people have the surface understanding of what race is, but not what systemic racism is. Yeah. So I feel like... Uh, you, people need to go educate themselves on systemic racism. Uh, just knowing about racism is not enough. You need to understand systemic racism. That way you can connect the link. So understand racism, understand systemic racism, understand how it shows up into this society and why uh, black people are saying what they're saying. So educate yourself, understand the invention of race, understand um, how black people were considered three-fifths of a person. Like if you would were to rate someone, understand slavery, understand the entire history, understand how it shows up, and then understand how it shows up in your circles, in your spaces. Then once you understand, it's going to be easy for you to transform your words into action. Um, so this introspect, educate action, sustainable action, non-performative action. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you yeah. so much, and um, I will leave it there. But have a have a lovely evening, and um, and I'll put all your contact details in the in the show notes as well. Okay, thank you so much, Chris. No thank problem. you. Thank you. All right, so I found that to be a very useful conversation. Um, it's the first conversation I've had like this, really, uh, and I'd like to carry on. So, if there are any questions you think I didn't ask any conversations that we didn't have do you think are important to have in terms of being a better ally just being a better human being with relation to all of this then let me know and if you think there are any people i need to talk to who'd be willing to have this conversation with me then also let me know one of the things that uh, michael told me about um being an ally is opening up your platform to other people uh, in this space, kind of trying to level out the amount of exposure people get. So I would like to talk to people of colour who are running inspiring um, businesses or are doing inspiring things, not necessarily to talk about race, but to talk about 
this whole thing about how we can own our own lives and be better and live better and just generally craft and shape our own lives and live towards our potential. So get in touch, let me know your thoughts, let me know what we missed, uh, let me know where we could improve and um, yeah, let's carry on the conversation. In the meantime, have a lovely day. Cheers.